Welcome to DreamX Trash Podcast. Hey, I'm Oscar, co-host of Dreams X Trash, Kenyan living and working in Japan with dreams of being more than an unknown writer. And I'm Jason, fellow co-host of Dreams X Trash, Kenyan living in Japan and tech and art enthusiast. And Jason, what do we do here? Well, Dreams X Trash is a podcast hosted by us, two Kenyans living in Japan. We have lived in Japan for a combined period of six years, six years, and English Jesus. teachers. Jesus is right. The conversations are a parasocial look at Japanese, Kenyan culture, society, history, philosophy, and a lot of bullshit that swirls around in our lives. I agree with that. And these conversations are a journey of us attempting to make sense of our lives, the world around us, and us trying to make something of what little knowledge we have. And we do have very little knowledge. And that journey starts right now. Women want their own independence. Women want their freedom and their rights and the ability to choose what they want. Everyone is for that. But they love situations even a lot more when the man can spoil them. Of course. And spoil them in a way that's almost as if, you know, they have a second father. (laughs) You know? It's a really weird... I don't know how to touch this issue without making it weird. No, I no, I understand. So, I there's this Kenyan guy who lives in Osaka. Yeah, and he's, he's, he does he has a family. He's married. He has two kids. And he was telling me like, you should make your wife feel as safe with you as she felt as a child when she was when she was with her father. I have literally like, that's the goal. I have literally got some comments husband. like that, and it's just yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like yeah, like these. How do you ever reach that place? You know, like watching me with Raha, watch, when I watch myself with Raha, like I know how to be soothing, but also not to be a disciplinarian, you know? I can't just decide to be that way with my wife, you know? Yeah. You don't just turn on that switch, okay, now I'm going to discipline you the way I discipline my child, you know? It's like my daughter sees me as a father. That means she sees me as the person who takes charge of everything in her life. I take her to school, I give her a bath, I feed her, I change her diapers. So it's like her life to, to a degree is all, almost in its entirety depend, dependent on me. Right? Of course, me and the mother, but also on me, right? Uh-huh. And how do you make it such that your wife feels that way about you? Can I, can I ask you this? <laughs> Quick question. Does... Does your wife react more positively when you're more authoritative, authoritative, authoritative? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like when you're more in that position of power and taking control of the situation. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's more. Hmm, I think to a degree, she almost expects that. She expects that. And if you, how about when you start? When you start. Um, but when you start showing the traditional traits of a father figure, mm-hmm. what's the word I'm looking for here? When you start like manifesting, mm. manifesting 
the traits that we would normally associate with the father figure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not between you and Raha, but between her, like... Me and the wife. Yeah. Being a guardian, being more protective, being like, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that. Because modern feminism would lash out against let, that, right? Let, let me say this. Let me say this. This is something you're just going to put out there. Our first... Uh, <laughs> Our first, the first thing me and my wife got intimate before we were dating, before, yeah, before we were dating Mm. was because of of a situation that forced me to be a protector. We were put in a situation whereby I had to be, to protect her. Mm. And I think, and that's what led into our first intimate encounter. Mm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think everyone, I think all women appreciate this. All women want to be protected. I don't know if it's okay. Maybe not say all women, but okay. I can assume generally from what I've seen, from what I've experienced, women want to be protected. Isn't not that... Isn't that not what... Like, it, it brings them closer to the same memories they would have with their fathers or the same feelings exactly, they would have with their exactly. fathers. Exactly. Because if we were, if we were trying not... to dig, dig like really deep, where does all of this mm. come from? Does it not all start with the father? Yeah. Yeah, Like, I I was actually talking with my wife about this. Like, if Raha was a boy, like, when Raha trips and falls, I might run up to her, like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? But I was thinking, like, if she was a boy, I wouldn't care. You know, I would tell you, like, break yourself off, kids, stand up. (laughs) We literally did that, you know, in when we were teaching English to the kids, right? We do the the same thing we were teaching. When When the girls get. You know, you were so concerned. Yeah, you would, you you would like really pay attention. If the girls got yeah. hurt, you would give them double the attention. You know. Exactly, exactly. When the boys get hurt, it's like, yeah, man, <laughs> take care of yourself. <laughs> and people think we're being so mean, whining. but some people might think we might be being mean, right? But it's mm-hmm. boys are just built differently. You know, I don't know if they're so, built I... differently. Uh, I don't know if it's. It's definitely, I'm not saying it's biological. I don't mm-hmm. think it's biological. Okay, okay. But it's, there's definitely, uh, uh, there's definitely like a part on society, mm. on the social side where we reconfirm or rea- we, we reaffirm, sorry, we reaffirm that boys are tough. Oh, yes. So when, sure. so when the parents look at you as a boy and you've tripped over, the, the parents will just be like, man, you're okay. And then, you know, maybe the first few times he'll be like, oh, painful, painful. But after a while, he'll be like looking at the parents and be like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So what you're saying is we inadvertently make boys stronger and at the same time kind of make girls weaker. Oh, I don't know about the girls weaker part, but definitely the boys stronger. Because like, of course, in a sense, if every time a girl gets hurt and you ask her, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Does it hurt? Does it hurt? So I think eventually kids... We'll just res- because the kid doesn't know how to respond to your questions, so they just respond with what with this, with the, like the answers you're feeding them, right? Yeah. Are you hurt? Are you hurt? Yes, I am. And right? kids but are... the boy, it's like is the boy you tell him, dude, you're okay, you're okay. Yes, I am, right? And kids are like sponges, right? They are exactly. able to pick up on emotional cues and just feed into that, you know. Okay, so so let me make this clear. I'm not saying that we, that girls grow up to be weak, but I, I'm saying that at that young age, it seems as though we are kind of forcing them to remain in that 
mm-hmm. in that dependent state whereby we're not teaching them self-reliance, right? We are forcing mm-hmm. them to be dependent on us. Not in the same way we them. teach the boys, yeah. Not exactly, exactly. Because yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times, even like the boys, <laughs> when we were teaching, the boys never used to look to ask for attention when they got hurt. No, the same no, way no. the girls do. When the girls yeah. get hurt, they run to you and be like, sensei, sensei, you know, ita, ita. Mm-hmm. it'll just be like, they, they want yeah. you to give them love immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They you, they'd mm-hmm. want you to like pick them up and cuddle them and give them love. Some of the boys, even the youngest ones, would be so hardcore, right? They would just like trip over. They would hit their head on the like. It seemed like they hit their head pretty hard, and they would like <laughs> maybe pass out for like a few seconds, and then they'll wake up like it's nothing. Like, well, for me, unfortunately for me, it's a bit different. I've had sometimes when boys come up to me with their hearts and they're like, "Don't say carry me," you know? They say, "Don't say daco daco," you know? They're like carry yeah. me, carry me. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> What? Okay. Of course, I don't say that. Okay. Oh, 100 yen, 100 yen. I don't say that, but it's like, I don't carry a boy, man. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> also, to be fair, the company doesn't, so people who don't know, the company actually um, disadvises. Disadvise? Yeah, they don't advise that we, we carry yeah. the kids. Yeah. Disadvise isn't a word, though, right? It's not a word. It's not a word. It's not a word. <laughs> it's fine. I'm creating words over here, Oscar. You know, when a new, when a new age. People can create their own pronouns. I can create my own words. Sure thing. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So like, I've had moments where by like some boys have cried. And I'm like, no, I won't. No, you're fine, dude. You're fine. You're fine. But like, literally, I'm this. I'm like, I'm that guy who, when the girl cries, I run to them. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? Of course, not with women, with older women, but with, with kids. You know. Like, yeah. oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything okay? But with boys, I'm like, hey, dude, stop crying. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's totally, yeah, you're right. We do this to the kids. We do this to the kids. To some, yeah, the... to some extent, I was doing that a lot to the boys, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were obviously some, like with everything, there's all this variance. There were some boys who mm-hmm. needed the extra care. They were just naturally mm-hmm. fragile, you know? If you didn't tend to them, they would cry the whole lesson. So obviously you are just like, okay, let me save myself a little bit of pain and just like give him a little bit more attention, you know? Mm-hmm. But then in the long run, where does this lead us to, you know? So back to like... It leads to now in a situation whereby you and I are questioning what, like, whether we have to be the authoritative figures in the homes because our significant others seem to appreciate that because they are forced into that unwittingly by so, adults who give them more, more attention than they will give boys. <laughs> so this is, this is an interesting question, right? So yeah. are we acting out the father spirit and the mother spirit? I'll, I'll use it in the same way. Um, who was using it? Like, mm-hmm. if the ideas, personality traits, and things we associate with being the father figure, right? Mm-hmm. That's the spirit of being the father, right? Let's call it that. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to be fathers. So we try mm-hmm. to do our best to emulate that thing, right? Okay. Okay. We try to act it out. Mm-hmm. And by acting out that fatherly spirit or embodying embodying 
in, in what am I trying to say? By embodying the father spirit. Mm -hmm. Would that bring us closer to making us actual fathers? Well, I for me, I am an actual father. But okay, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like the spirit of the father, the the, the man who guides, the man who disciplines. You know, that that's what that's what you mean, right? Yeah, the man who's a protector, provider. Yeah, I guess it goes back to the saying, like a, to a, to a sense, maybe you have to fake it until you make it. And what I mean is that if you want to be something in the beginning, of course, you don't know what you know what you want, but you don't know how to be that thing, right? Right. You only have this image in your head, but the only way to reach that image is to try to, to try to mimic what someone in that position will do, right? Uh -huh. If you say you want to be a, like a, what a comedian, right? You don't know what it's like. You don't know what a comedian is. Like you've never played comedy before, uh -huh. but you just go out and you mimic a comic that you like. And yeah, you actually. Time, you know, so in our positions, we're just imitating stuff we've seen mm -hmm. maybe on TVs and like, like the culture around yeah. us or our fathers themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So we gather all of that. We put it into a nice little box. And we say, this is the father figure right here. Yes, yes. And then yes. we try to embody that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And obviously, there's still the whole, we're, we're, we're all unique and we have our own individual biases and things that we like and don't like. So there's things that you would remove. Say like, I don't want to become this kind of father. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like this, you know? I want to mm -hmm. do that. But like removing that filter or not including that filter, we try. we all try to embody that fatherly spirit right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so when your partner is like wanting you to be more of a father figure mm -hmm. and it's you know this this is interesting because this leads also to like i was asked a question me and my mm -hmm. my partner are talking about alphas and betas mm -hmm. how would you relate the father figure to the alpha and beta uh, categories. Well, I guess to be the father, you're, you're the, the role implies you're the alpha in the household. <laughs> you are the alpha in the household, right? Yeah. But you can't be. Really uh, alpha. You can't be, be the alpha everywhere. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. You can't be the alpha yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Would you? So Oscar is an alpha in his own house, right? He is the father. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But he's is he an alpha out there? If we were to put you with a bunch of ran other random men, am I the alpha? With... Man, it would be so easy if we could just say yes, but I don't always feel that way. That's for sure. And th does it even make sense applying this word alpha or beta in our society? Uh, not in everything. I mean, okay, so it doesn't because this. Hmm, okay. There are many things to think about. I, I think it, it, it's, it's it's lost a bit of its meaning when you apply because it's yeah. like we're not in a society yeah. where we can redirect all of our resources into like one person. You know, that was what the alpha. Directing resources like it's the the person everyone can depend on. You know, I will when I think of an alpha, I think about the alpha, the alpha gorilla, or the alpha chimp. Like everyone knows this person, this individual takes cares takes care of all our problems, right? Yes. If a war is coming, he will guide us. He will tell us how to... He'll give us the strategy, right? Right. And they're also... Mm -hmm. 
they get the majority of the resources. Re- resources exactly. being like the food, they get the the major pick of all the women that they want, if not all mm-hmm. the women, you know. So maybe in this in in our in this era, the alpha will be maybe the richest man, uh, the most uh, the richest man, I would say, the most physically aggressive man, also. You are right in terms yeah. of this the game that we're playing, because yeah, yeah. money is the name of the is the point system. So in that sense, would you say Elon Musk is the alpha of the world? See, <laughs> like we've arrived at this sort of conclusion, but once we say it, it doesn't sound right, right? Like it something. So a part of us understands that money is what we're all looking for, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like we refuse to reduce all human elements down to that just one layer, that one level of like, oh, yes, it's yes, all yes, just yes. money, you know, in the end. I think we also like respect, we, we, we value like leadership skills and like you said, being strong, being able to be dependable, all those things, you know? And a lot of those things aren't quantifiable. Oh, you mean they are something like, okay, discipline is, I think it's very quantifiable. Oh, I like think, dependable. How dependable it, are you? I, I guess. Yeah, it's very quantifiable. It's more qualitative, is what I, I guess what I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're either dependable or you're not. You know, it's, it's no middle <laughs> path. <laughs> And we all we all have one nigger we know maybe from back in the day or now I don't know we all have one person one person we know who has just been like yeah this person man not not even say I'm not even gonna say this one person they know because I have been that guy I've been that guy before for a long time actually <laughs> yeah <sighs> not being dependable to be fair I think we've all been there there's also there's always been a period where we haven't been dependable. Yeah. people yeah at least i've been there too mm-hmm. i'd yes, like so to yes. say that sometimes i am dependable but that's just my ego probably <laughs> so, let's, so let's say this like so let's let's define alpha who is really an alpha who's an alpha i don't understand it i don't understand the way we use it okay 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 <laughs> i'm gonna try and just throw out some terms and tell me if these words make you think of an alpha so we've said number one Number mm. one, dependable, right? Is an alpha dependable? Yeah, you can depend on them. Like, he's the alpha because we know he's going to take care of stuff. He's going to make sure things run smooth. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Onwards. Okay, so, I'm gonna, so dependable, I'm going to say strong, physically, physically. So, uh, here's the thing. Are we looking at this from a social standpoint, the way we use it in modern day society now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Strong. Definitely. Strong. Uh, I'm gonna say, hmm, very forthright. Yes. Forthright. Okay. Anything else? Anything else I'm missing? So dependable, strong, forthright. Man, we have such a shallow view on alphas, no? Like, I feel like. But this isn't shallow. This is someone. This is a good person. This is a great person to me. Okay, okay. I I feel there is a shallow version that's thrown around on social media. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's okay, okay. That's what you mean. Yeah, like he has muscles. He's strong. He's an alpha. Oh, okay. he has muscles. He's strong. He's sleeping with multiple women. He's an alpha. You know, I want to be just like him. It's just hmm. like 
I see that use of the word like that so much to a point where it's like, mm. is that how we're supposed to be using it? I don't know. I think it's a shallow way of looking at it. Very, very shallow. But so we know this is what. So this is this is my image of alpha. My image of of an alpha is everything that I want to be. That's it. That's how I define alpha in my head. Oh, and okay. Alpha yeah. is, is everything that I want to be. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It like it doesn't matter if it's like just if I look at a guy and I say, "Wow, I want to be like him." Whatever trait I'm admiring, that guy, that's an alpha trait, as far as I'm concerned. You're hundred percent right. And if I see a guy and he's like, he has spaghetti arms, you know, he has a, a big belly. I'm like, okay, that's beta. I don't feel <laughs> <be> like that. <laughs> so what you're saying is that this is a strong male role model or male figure yes. versus yes, a yes. weak role male role model slash figure. Yeah, but, but... But okay, so let me say the thing. So I was just making a joke about the spaghetti arms and the big belly. If I, you, you were you? Were you? <laughs> no, ask you. You were serious. 20% joking. I was 20% joking. <laughs> <laughs> I've been with you a while. I know you were being serious about that shit. So let me say this. You can, okay, if someone is fat, but they're very forthright, they're very honest, they're very disciplined in other areas of their life, that's an alpha trait, right? What? Uh, wait, they're fat? I mean, but... they're disciplined in other areas. Like, I mean, like, they're disciplined. Okay, think about this. You might not be disciplined working out, but you're very disciplined with, like, starting a business, you know? Oh, okay, 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 sorry. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I, I misheard what you were saying. So, so that's an alpha trait, right? And mm-hmm. you can be very physically strong, and you have a good body, but you're lazy in all the other aspects of your life, right? So yeah. maybe I can I can call you an alpha in so, insofar as your body, your physique is concerned, but you're beta in other things, right? Yeah. And so maybe alpha and beta is something, it's like it's in all of us, right? You can be alpha in one area. Like, you know, I, I can talk, I'm, I'm the same, right? I can talk a big game about some things, but in other aspects of my life, it's like I don't know what I'm doing, right? Yep. you beta. Yeah. Yeah, I'm beta in a lot of areas in my life. You're beta AF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. So maybe the goal here is trying to become become alpha in as many areas of your life as possible you know but if, because if you think about it how many things do you actually do in your life right what do you mean you know, do i mean how many things do you need to give so much focus in in your life it's like you give focus to your job right that's you already 50 percent of your life gone yeah. <laughs> probably you to, your, to your your spouse your girlfriend your wife right that's 30 percent you give focus to your to your child. And that's everything right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty it. much everything. You have no time for anything else. It's like if you can be good at those things, then everything is fine, right? What what else do you have to think about? Actually, I'm starting to learn the most productive people mm-hmm. are the why why the most productive people are the people who are willing to give up sleep. Because having a job and having like a, a functioning, healthy romantic relationship and having a family at the same time dude it's and then you're telling me you're sleeping nine hours eight hours no No no, way unless unless your job is like you're so so efficient at your job like you get it done Mm -hmm. in like three four hours and you go back home type thing you know you know it's people who can sleep for like a full nine hours that means number one they have older kids 
And number two, mm-hmm. they're wealthy enough to afford to sleep that much. I man, I don't know. Even Elon Musk types like Elon Musk sleeps six hours. Like these guys aren't getting like longer than six hours. Like sometimes they get five or four. I was listening to Jeff Bezos saying that he makes sure he he his goal, like he actually make, makes sure to sleep eight hours every night, because it's he said that sleep sleep is paramount to his job of making good decisions as CEO of Amazon. That makes sense. And yeah, now it does make sense for him. He's a CEO. He does need to be there every day. You know, he's not like looking at each individual aspect of operations for Amazon, right? For us, Actually, it, it doesn't make sense. Him. Yeah, so I, for us, like, personally, I know. I mean, I, I, I can do it. Okay, I'm at a place where I don't even want to do it anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of chasing that, like, that, that rainbow of called nine hours sleep. I'm not chasing that rainbow anymore. I'll do that when I'm, when I'm it's, old enough. It's, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a lie. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. I think if, if you learn to manage your time, if you can sneak a nap in in the middle of your day, you're golden, right? <laughs> right? Like just a small 20 minute nap and you're good. Yeah, you're golden. You're golden. You're good to go. You're good to go. Like I remember on Tuesday, actually, on Tuesday, I, in uh, Tuesday, I took a nap in the middle of the day. So like 20, 30 minutes, I don't remember how long it was, but when I woke up, I felt so good. I felt so rejuvenated. It's like, uh-uh. <laughs> it's like I was wrapped in an angel's arms. It was so good. <laughs> I, I I was going to ask though, like going back to just managing work, mm. love life, family life, maybe friends. Mm. Mm. You, something has to give, right? Something has to be sacrificed. Of course. Like now, like the way I am right now, I just realized like I would never be able to have friends. Like, not like my friends would have to be people who live right next to me or are at the same workplace, right? Okay. So maybe I'm going to say this, my experience that when you have, not, not just the wife, but when you have a kid, the friends will be the first thing to go. The friends will be the first thing to go. Why are they the first things to go? Because why are you spending time with people who don't have kids? Why would they even invite you and your kid over? Let's say they did. Let's say we invited you over. Yeah, it's, you know, you do that once, right? Uh. If my kid is really, really well behaved, you'll probably do it a second time. But Mm. if my kid is like every other kid who's two years old, you'll probably really, really think before inviting us over a second time. Okay, but if but if you had kids, we might still be friends. But we we would only meet up if we can bring our kids together, right? Uh, uh. So it would be like it wouldn't be like me and Jason meeting. It'd be like let's make a play date for our kids. Yeah, and you have a lot more in common too. Anyway, right? Exactly. But now think about this: like for me and my wife, most of the people around us, most of my of us don't have kids, right? Uh So why would we be spending time with them? What are we doing with them? We don't, it's, like, it's not like we're carrying our, our kid around like a, an accessory to our friends' houses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it really, yeah. it, it, I, I don't know what it is. Because back, this is different from how our parents raised us, right? Our parents used to mm-hmm. take us everywhere. They take us to the, to the club, to the bar and drink with us right there, right? Think about this. Think about this. At the same time, when we were kids, our, all of our parents' friends had kids. So we would go everywhere because... 
That is true. That is true. There would always be other kids around me when my parents went out. That's true. Exactly. But especially in Japan, people don't want to have kids anymore. So it's like, where are these kids? You know, it's like, so when you become a parent, your friends go. You better hope you have one or two friends that have kids. And also, there's no house party culture in Japan. It's not as big as it is back at home, right? The idea of like you just grabbing your wife and your kids and going to the neighbors and just having a big party, you know, it's just like, that thing doesn't really exist in Japan. And not only that, like, so like talking about friends, right? So right now, the only people I meet outside of work are Mm -hmm. people AA. I only see other people I'm going to AA, bro. These are the people you have... Would you say you have an obligation to go see them? I don't know. I don't. No one is telling me to go. I just go and I want to go. No one. No one asked me to go there. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like you have an obligation to yourself to go there to get better? Oh yes, myself definitely. Yeah, for myself yes. So myself. you would even say it's not like you even want to see them. You have to go there because this is leading you towards a certain objective. It's leading towards a certain goal that you deem valuable, right? So actually, this is very funny. Actually, in the last AA meeting, I went to someone said this, and it was really, really interesting. Like, what's the goal of AA? Like, it's like the goal of AA is to die. You know, it's to die without having touched a drink. So you you succeeded the day you die, and you died sober. <laughs> is that really I th- okay? From a person who's unaware, yeah, or maybe slight awareness, right? Mm-hmm. But doesn't understand AA because mm-hmm. I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no personal investing in it at all, right? Mm-hmm. How it, it seems to me that being sober for mm-hmm. a long period of time and showing that you can be responsible mm-hmm. with yourself and not mm-hmm. partake in alcohol anymore or whatever mm-hmm. drug you choose, whatever drug you had you were addicted to. Isn't that the part where you bow out and walk away? So initially, that that was my actually that was my plan when I first joined AA. I was like, I'm gonna just do this for maybe three months max. If I can be sober for three months, I'm out of here. I'm just gonna go back and drink as usual. And everyone has like a sort of goal like that, right? Like just whether it's three months, a year, everyone has a number. That's what that's what most people think. You know, I think the reason why people made people in AA stay for as long as they do for decades and decades is because. I think most of the people who joined AA, maybe they were there for like a year, two years, but at some point they had a relapse. And when they had a relapse, it wasn't just one drink. They went in deep, 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 and they realized, oh, bro, I'm actually really sick. It's not just that I can control this. I have to totally take this thing out of my life. Uh, 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 uh. Because like, if it was, if that was the plan and it worked, you know, maybe AA would be, it would be that kind of thing where you say, okay, come here. Uh, come and talk for three months and then stay away from alcohol for three months, then it will actually be part of the, what do you call it? Part of the steps. You know, once you're done with the 12 step, after, after one year or so, you can just go back to drinking, you'll be fine, right? Uh-huh. But A has been there since the 1930s, I believe. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. And if you think about it, that means the reason why they they give you people coins for like, you've been sober for 50 years, 60 years, that means these people all had a relapse at some point. Yeah. Right? And yeah. the relapse made them realize that they just can't go back to alcohol again. Uh-huh. And it's, yeah. So I think that's why people don't just leave 
I mean, you, you can't live. No one is forcing you to stay, but you can't live. But most people, I think most of them have tried to live and they realize there's no place for them out there. You know what I mean? Right, right. right. Yeah. And the people out there don't even understand you anyway, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, this is something that I, I had this discussion with my wife before when I was drinking heavily, you know, she would always tell me like, Oscar, just reduce how much you drink, you know? And the thing is, I know she was she was saying that from a good place, but in my in, in my heart, I'm like, if I could reduce how much I drink, we wouldn't be even be having this conversation. You know what I mean? It's the thing with uh, we've talked. <coughs> Sorry, we said the exact same thing about uh, porn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can tell these. We, we told we tell these to our partners or our wives, and they go like. Why didn't you just stop watching it? And it's just like, yeah, no, we exactly. We wouldn't be in this situation right now talking about it if I could just stop watching it, you know? But they don't understand, you know? And I'm just like, does porn work differently on the female mind? It's just something. uh, Here's, Here's the thing. When someone doesn't understand your addiction, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for them. And I, you know, you should make it a point to make them realize how good it is that they don't understand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Pray that they never, ever have to understand. <laughs> I know for me, it might be coming from an ignorant place because it's like, what I've seen is that the large majority of the people who seem to be addicted, even if it's mm-hmm. a light addiction to porn, mm-hmm. like a large portion of men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just... Maybe it has a correlation to do with the large portion of watchers or consumers mm-hmm. of porn are men too. Maybe it has something to do with that, but I don't know. It was made for us. It was made for us. It was made for us. It's men. Most most porn directors are men too. Mm-hmm. Med, made by men for men. Yeah, but actually we lost track of what we were saying, like living with a family and working. Like how you lose track of friends, you can't keep up a couple of your friends anymore. It's like think yeah, about this. Yeah. If you have a wife and a kid, like when will you even go to drink with your buddies? When will you do that? I right? I would when like to say the weekend, but then it's like that's, that's, actually, that's the real family time. Yeah, There's that's no family, family time. Kids, because for me personally, right and. And I might be a, a bit better off than most people. So my wife lives somewhere around 8.30, right? Uh, in the morning? In the morning. And so I am the one who takes my daughter to, to school. So I stay at home with my daughter. And I'll take her to, not to school, daycare. Uh-huh. She should be there by, by around 9, 9, 10 in the morning. Uh-huh. So I have some time in the morning. But I, I don't see my daughter again for the whole day. Uh-huh. Right, because I start work at around maybe three forty-five or five p.m. Finish at eight thirty. By the time I get home, my daughter is asleep. So the only time I get to see my daughter for the whole day is on Sunday. That's it. Wow. So I get only one day a week with my daughter, right? So now, imagine me saying I'm going to spend that Sunday with my friends. <laughs> it's like I don't even have a daughter. It's like my daughter is so. <laughs> it's a suggestion. You know what I mean? Mm-mm-mm. Uh, isn't this the reason why people would uh, you drink with your buddies or with your work colleagues after work, right? After you take an extra hour, hour and a half, two hours, 
tell the wife that you're working late and you're just drinking in a bar with your buddies. Yep, yep, yep. But then... Because if it's not, the, like now, you said, it doesn't work on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, but now that's the thing, right? That's, despite how much sense that makes, that's one of the things I'm going to call a beta move. Let me tell you why, bro. Uh-huh. Because you have to lie to spend time with your friends. It's definitely not sustainable in your relationship. Uh, sustainable. If someone's going to get hurt. Right? Yeah. Because eventually you're going to get found out. You can't, you would, you can't you be like, like working with... all these late nights. Even at some point you should be like, hey, how many yeah, late nights? Just... Are you going to get a bonus soon? I think it's having an affair. <laughs> oh, actually, I didn't even think about that. that that's actually some of the thoughts yeah, that will go through females. And you know, yeah. women are very perceptive. When they really pay attention, they're like crazily perceptive. So they can just tell like, you're acting a bit weird. This nigga is lying to me. And once they have that like, ah, this guy is lying to me, it's over. It's over. They will sniff you out all the way until you tell the truth. They'll be looking at your phone. They'll be looking at like, what kind of how much cologne you're putting in the morning like those tiny things like that like usually do one one squeeze you know like one the staging three Uh ah no 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 no. who's what's her name (laughs) one three sprays what's her name (laughs) that's usually what it comes down to i don't know i don't know so so family time like family time is really important but then it's you also need time outside of of your family, right? Outside of your employment and your family. So of those things that you need to focus on in life, I also think like having a hobby is important. And maybe for me, I would say I may not have time to spend with, with friends, friends, but the people in AA have become my friends, right? All right. So, and so I, I go for one of two meetings, right? There's one Saturday meeting that I can only make maybe once or twice a month, depending oh. on the month. Because I tend to work on Saturdays as well, uh-huh. but I can always go for a Monday meeting as well, right? Uh-huh. And the Monday morning, the Monday morning meeting is very small, usually three or four guys. And uh-huh. so this this group of people I see on Monday morning, we've become very close. The people I text regularly, you know, just you know, just have we chat regularly. Uh-huh. So I would say these people in this group have become my friends. Uh-huh. So, but they are my friends from AA. They're not friends I met outside in the wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe A is the wild. Maybe A is the wildest place. It's a room full of alcoholics anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think with any drug addicts, there's no room for normal, quote, normal life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. something as wild as alcohol. Alcohol mm-hmm. really takes you to some insane extremes, mm-hmm. some really yeah. huge extremes. I think you you have a story. I'm not even an addict and I have alcohol stories. So it's, it just gives you... I think the average person who drinks somewhat occasionally has an alcohol story. Like you can imagine what the addicts have. Yeah. Imagine, imagine your worst alcohol story, but imagine that's just every day of your life. Right? <laughs> Why? That, you, just, you made it so tragic. <laughs> when you hear such things, you do hear such things. Like, I mean, I've had some really tragic things happen because of alcohol, like just terrible, embarrassing. Does anyone cry? I've, I've not seen that 
Yes, but I mean, okay, there's one, I know there was one person who wanted to cry, and I, I feel like crying too. I've heard some things that make me feel a bit sad, you know? Yeah. Or reminded me of things I did, you know? It's like, yeah, you don't know that. You know, think... like someone might say something that for them might seem insignificant, but for someone else in the room, it's like, yeah, I remember doing that too, bro. You know? <laughs> then he hits that, that nail yeah. in your heart, right dead center. Yeah. Yeah, man, but, but it's a wonderful thing, you know. So I was, I was joking, saying in a, when I went for the last meeting I attended, I attended, is that I think every time I leave an A meeting, I feel really happy, and maybe the reason I feel really happy is because for ten minutes or however long I speak, everyone shuts the fuck, shuts the fuck up and listens to me, and if maybe the whole world would be so much better. If once a week everyone got a chance to speak and everyone else had to listen, you know, uh, uh. maybe because it's like it's kind of you think about it. It's like the Catholic bring confessions, right? Uh-huh. Catholics go and do confessions to say all the bad they've done, to honestly say all the bad things they've done, right? Uh. And once you've said all the bad that you've done, you no longer have to bear the burden of guilt because I've put it all out there. Yeah, I don't you've, un- you've unburd- unburdened yourself. Yeah, unburdened yes, yes. yourself. Yeah. That's what A is the same thing. It's just going to A and you just say everything bad you think that you've done, but, everything bad you think, you know, it's just unburdening yourself, unburdening yourself. I've seen unburdening yourself, though. It's like there's another stage. There's the part of forgiveness, right? You must ask for yeah. forgiveness in Christianity. You have to ask for forgiveness from God, right? Mm-hmm. In this mm-hmm. sense. Same with A, we do have an, a higher power. You know, so we have the 12 steps and doing your, what, what is it called? I've forgotten the, what's this word. I'm always losing words now. What is this thing called? It is very, for people who don't know, we're recording this quite late. This is actually Dreams X Trash After Hours. Yeah, so actually, this is a regular episode, okay? This won't be a regular episode. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, in my mind, I was really thinking about I'm like, this is not a regular episode. It's more just trash talk. So it's going to be its own yeah, thing, yeah. but it's still going to be on the podcast. Do the podcast, but that's not like no numbers, music, right? no nothing. It's just straight up. Just put it right there. Okay, this is really good. I'm doing this very relaxing, very relaxing talk. We're unburdening ourselves right now. <laughs> I, 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 we don't have that much time, so like, let's just do, touch on this. Lastly, mm. touch on what? Touch on what? Uh, you know, touching you with no, without consent, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> guys i'm joking don't cancel me don't cancel uh, me can't make jokes like that anymore no you no you cannot so wait wait sorry yeah. uh, you said something interesting uh, the higher power i was gonna say you have to ask forgiveness from mm, mm, the people from, that mm, you have hurt right yes 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 no not ask actually that's the thing you know hmm what are we supposed to, let me let me get the book i actually have the book with me right now you might just i'm gonna move a bit right okay i'm gonna leave my chair and i am left entertaining the viewers okay everybody let's have a bet how long do you think it'll take for oscar to come back <sighs> he literally just instantly came back never mind So what I have here for all you people who don't know is 12 steps and traditionals of AA. Do you have to buy that book? 
No, it's free. They just give it to you. Okay, books are free. free. People, we're living in a nice first world country. Free? No, I think all over the world they give these books out for free. Really? Ah. Yeah. So I think I've read the steps before, but where does AA get its money from? Is there any money collected? Yeah, any money collected. So like, it's at the end of every every meeting you give out something, anything. If you want to give out one yen, that's fine. You just give out anything you want to give out. There's no minimum or maximum. Does it have to be money? No, no, it has to be money, but it's like one yen. One yen is fine. That's what I mean. Oh, wow. Okay. But you can't, obviously, you're not going to give out one yen because then we'll look at you like, look at this. Yeah, you give out one yen. But you can give out 10 yen. That's fine. Yeah. There's people who have given out 10 yen. I don't know because you you actually don't see how much people are giving out. It's like, you know, it's like, are you, you remember being ch- going to church and there is the, the basket being passed around where people putting donations? Yeah. You don't really see what someone's putting. You, you're not looking. You, you're only looking at people's donations. <laughs> I was. hundred <laughs> percent. We see a guy putting 50 bob and be like, oh, cheap ass nigga. <laughs> cheap ass nigga. You have a problem. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so one of the steps, uh, one of the steps is, now, so step eight, you make a list of all person made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Right. Right. Step nine is made a direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so will injure them or others. So yes, you don't really go and ask for forgiveness, but you go and make amends to the people you harmed. Right. Uh huh. And I think that's that's the hardest part. That's the thing it, that it, takes uh... years to complete. I would imagine so. I mean, I've only done one. First, like, I'm just thinking mm. about this. Admitting you are wrong. Mm. And then asking mm. for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's like a double hit to the ego. You know, yeah. it's like you, you, you need to bring yourself and humble yourself a lot to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then... Now you have to do that not only for that one person that you hurt. You might have you might have multiple people, you know. You know, but I think it the the steps kind of humble you inadvertently without actually I've not thought about this before. But talking about you saying that was realized, but the steps kind of humble you and inadvertently before getting while getting you ready for this step. Because mm. think about this number step one, we admitted we were, we were powerless of alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So number one, we're admitting we have no power. Number two, we're giving power to something else. Right? That's, that we, seems uh-huh. pretty religious. Very... I mean, it was, it was born out of... I mean, there the were Christians that made this, right? Really? AA was no, created by Christians? It was not made by Christians, but it came out of a Christian tradition, right? Because it was, what, it was 1950s, 1930s America. Or 19, when was it actually? Ah, okay, okay, okay. So you're saying in the beginning, it had its roots in the idea. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, because religious. Yeah. Um, teachings, maybe not teachings, but it had like religious ideas, Christian ideas. Yeah, Christian ideas, and then over time, it has sort of like become more religious neutral. Yes, yes, yes. Because in they always repeat higher power. They don't say God, right? And they say mm. that higher power is anything you want your higher power to be. Your higher power is science and rationality, then let that be your higher power, you know? And AA is for everyone, right? So it's like you, you don't have to be a Christian 
No, 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 no. no of course not. You mean there's right. A in India, in Pakistan? I don't think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's in everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. So that's the hardest thing. It's like, yeah, going to those people and say, you know what, I was wrong. I did this to you and I was wrong. And I'm willing to do anything to make up for it. Right. So doing that in a relationship is hard. Like, can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Doing it, yeah. of, and I'm talking about doing it in a relationship when you're having stupid little, 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 yeah. you know, those squabbles that you have. Yeah, yeah. And now imagine you've actually done something like truly hurtful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. something that can truly damage mm-hmm. your partner, and now you mm-hmm. have to go and like actually ask for forgiveness on that. Man, I don't know about other people. I could just cry trying to ask for forgiveness. You, you on do that. cry. You do cry. Yeah, you do cry because it's like. When you when you're asking for forgiveness in that way, it's like you you're not just saying you did wrong, you're admitting how how it's like how spiteful you once were. And you realize, man, that was me. That was me. It was yeah. almost unbelievable to look back at the past and look at the things you did. It's like, at least for me personally, it's like I can't believe I did those things. What was wrong with me? <laughs> then it all hits you at once, you know? Yeah, yeah. It all hits you at once and if and you like asking for forgiveness yeah hey man forgiveness is hard right oh man it's hard it's It's a hard process to get over Mm -hmm. to do Mm -hmm. i guess giving forgiveness i think is isn't giving forgiveness easier than receiving is giving forgiveness easier what do you mean giving so being the one who gives the like someone has wronged you so now you just have I mean, to figure it out. Is that easier? I guess it depends on the thing that you, there's something that it, it's easy to forgive some things than others. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. If someone steals yeah. your favorite pencil. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I, won't even, I don't even have to forgive you. I've already moved on. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Someone steals money from you. Let's, let's say a thousand yen, two thousand yen. Uh, yeah, if if I know it's you and you come and say sorry, I took it because of ABCD, I'll be, you know, it's I'll, next time just ask me, man. I won't get angry because of that. Okay, let's stick with this money thing for a bit. Okay, they still ten thousand. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Next time I'll be like, okay, you, you have to pay me back. You have to pay me back. I'll, 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 Would I'll you forgive, forgive them? Would you forgive them? I'll, I'll forgive you when you pay me back. <laughs> <laughs> so ten thousand. Okay, how about? Someone pushes your wife, not 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 hits your wife, but pushes your wife. But, but it, what context? What context? Maybe they were a little bit violent. Okay, I then you you have to let me hit you, and then I'll forgive you after that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. How about if something someone wronged you at let's say work? Wronged me at work? How? How? Mm, I'm trying to make. I'm trying to think of a situation where it makes sense for both of us. For anyone, would you forgive someone who treated you badly? I guess is what I'm saying. Like someone who shouts at you. Let's say your boss is shouting at you, and they treat you badly every day. Okay, if my boss is shouting at me. Okay, if, if it's a one-time thing, I will ask myself, "What did I do to deserve this?" Right? Yeah. Because maybe I did something wrong, and maybe. Maybe I did something wrong, or maybe I did something wrong when he was having an especially bad day, right? Yeah, that's true. So maybe if it's one time we can just move on. Okay, yeah, he's just 
what I did was really stupid or he's having a really bad day. Let's move on. But if it's something that's happening, happening repeatedly, I might want to talk to him one-on-one and find out why he would talk to me that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, and maybe if if he keeps doing it after I talk to him, I might have to retaliate. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Forgiveness, man. It's I, hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's a hard thing. It's a hard concept. Yeah, it's, yeah. Even like me saying, like, yeah, if you push my wife, like, I don't know, I'll forgive you. It's like, why are you, why are you being aggressive with my wife? Right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You, of course, I'm just joking. Like, I, you have to let me hit you first. I don't. I don't know if I'll forgive you. Yeah, I'll just. I'll just. I'll just take violent against you too. You know, <laughs> and that's the thing. A lot of these situations, I was just bringing up. It's like you, even you don't know hundred percent if you could forgive the other person. If someone killed your brother, like Abel and Cain, sort of way, could you do what the Bible tells you to do and forgive them? I'm going to say this. I would hope that when such a st- if tragedy, anything whatever, yeah. I will have the strength to do the righteous thing. But if I'm to think about it honestly right now, if you kill someone I love, I will I will probably like to torture you. I do only want to torture you. <laughs> okay. Let's pre- let's, let's, let's prevent let's prevent this from going into a super dark place. <laughs> no, but you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean? It's, I'm just saying it's it's not easy to forgive such a thing. I feel like as I am right now, it seems so difficult to forgive such a thing. I don't know how Yep, the Bible wants us to like it's it's, it's such a th- thrown around, a very easily thrown around idea, when it comes mm-hmm. when it comes to like Christianity. Within no, Christianity, that is. There's a reason why it says that, right? There's a reason why it says forgive and forget. The reason being that okay, so you kill my brother, right? And out of vengeance, I kill you or your loved one, right? Yeah. Then your loved one comes back and kills another one of my loved ones. So it's like, how long will this go on, you know? Cycle. When will it end? You know, so I think it doesn't say forgive because forgiveness is good. It just says forgive because, you know, the fruits of vengeance are eternal. It, it would end. It would end. It won't. Actually, yeah. uh, that's the whole point behind even wars. Why wars are fought mm-hmm. for so long. Especially wars yeah. that deal with grudges. It's like mm-hmm. a grudge matches between two ethnic groups or anything like that. It's, it's eternal. It's eternal. Yeah. Uh, you'll fight that thing so hard, your great-grandchildren will still fight it, even after mm-hmm. you're gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in that sense, yeah. it's like, as a civilization, you failed, right? Exactly. The, yeah. whole, the whole game of civilization is that we're rolling forward. The ball is rolling forward. Altogether, we've just failed the game. If your grandchildren are still fighting over the same plot of land, <laughs> like literally, literally, uh, 50, 80 years later, they're still fighting over the same patch of land. Ah, that's a fail. Yeah, a civilization. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's over, man. Guys, I don't know what the hell this episode was, but you know. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun for us. And you know what? We're being experimental, I guess. We got video. Yeah. Now we do what we want. <laughs> anyway. No. Thank you all for your time. Thank you, Oscar, for your time. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Jason. It's quite late for both of us. So thank you, thank you. Thank you're, you for listening. You're what listening to the ramblers of uh of porn addicts and alcohol addicts, yeah. Yeah, man. This is the musings. The musings. This is so good. This is so good. You know, that's what we're gonna call this. The musings they call this episode the musings of addicts. 
<laughs> like this is not even officially an official podcast yeah. episode. It's just something. It's just something out there, you know. So trash it is. You know the way Joe Rogan has the JRE episode, then he has the the JRE MMA show, right, or something like that, right? Yes. But this is basically. So it's just something. It's own thing, you know. Trash talk. This is Dreams X trash tra- trash talk episode one. Just <laughs> trash talk. We're just talking yeah. random stuff. No, absolutely directionless. Yeah, exactly. We're in the world of chaos, Oscar. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And we'll come up with gold. <laughs> we'll come up with gold, Jason. Because we're heroes like that. I'm, I'm, I'm an alpha. I'm number one alpha. Jesus okay. Christ. All right. Yeah. It's time to go to bed. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, viewers. Bye-bye, Oscar. Bye-bye.